Karen Stiles, and this is the Intentional Career Podcast. I talk to all kinds of people who take all kinds of paths to work they love. I'm a career and life coach and owner of Flow and Fire Coaching. If you're ready to create your intentional career with the support of a coach, schedule a call with me. There's a link in the show notes, or you can go to intentionalcareer.co and click the blue schedule a call button. Today on the show, my guest is Christina Del Coro, also known as KDC. She's been a mindfulness mentor for over a decade, teaching children and adults the power of our thoughts, feelings, and actions. KDC facilitates transformation for those looking for change in their lives and crews through mindful hacks, tips, techniques, and habits. Kindness drives change, and KDC is going to show you how. And fun fact... The very first podcast that I was ever on was KDC's podcast. So thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And thinking back to that time, you were like the last outside person I saw before the world shut down in March 2020. So we kind of have this strange connection where we saw each other that day and then no one went back to work the next day, basically. Yeah, we bonded over carrot cake and the four tendencies. It yep. was beautiful. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Friendship That's match time. made in heaven right absolutely, there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just gone from there. So <laughs> so thank you for being here. I'm really excited to have you here and to talk about um, your intentional career. And um, especially because you're someone who does a lot of different things, which is... Um, pretty normal in the world, actually. But I feel like sometimes we don't hear about that. When we think about careers, we think about like one type of linear job and, um, and you're doing a few different things. So maybe can you tell us what are the different roles that you're managing in your life and how are you handling all of that? That, that last part feels heavy. (laughs) That last part feels heavy, especially with new restriction announcements, but Mm -hmm. I love that you call it intentional career because as a mindfulness coach mentor like that's all I think about all of the time and when you started talking about how intentional careers come about I was like oh dang yeah I guess I have been really mindful with the jobs that I've chosen and like you're saying wearing a lot of hats and I feel like I always have um it felt normal to me to have more than one job. I don't know if it was because I'm firstborn generation Filipino Canadian. We're just like taught to work real hard and helping support and, you know, just living life. And uh, I just knew that I wanted to teach, but I wasn't sure what that would look like. Hmm. Traditionally, classroom. Right. And I thought that would be the only way to go. And once I got to school and tried it, I'm like, nope, this is not for me. And as I've been learning more about myself, like being true to me is one of my most important things. And so I went through a lot of different jobs and to some may have seemed, I want to say boundless. That's not the right word. That's the right (laughs) word. It's just like clueless, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, but I just knew that, like, if it didn't feel good for me, I wasn't going to do it. And so I started finding what I loved. And there was a common thread. It hmm. always involved children in some fashion. And it was always to do with, I think, because it was with children, teaching them in some, some, just anything. And I feel like maybe because. I was the youngest in my cousin group for a long time. And so the, and like an only child until we started taking foster children. Like I just wasn't, I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to talk to kids, maybe also because I'm a small human. So they're more (laughs) my size than full grown. (laughs) And so I just kept, yeah, looking for opportunities to do that. And so I realized now the question that you asked me at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hang on, because I kind of want to interrupt. Because did you pursue like an education degree? Did you try that? Because you made it sound like that was a path you were headed on. 
Yeah, I did. I went to school. I finished. I taught and had my first, um, I was going to say midlife, but life <laughs> crisis. Yeah. Your first <laughs> like life crisis. <laughs> well, maybe like my second, my second life crisis, I guess, after becoming sober. That was the first one for sure. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was realizing, okay, this isn't what I thought. This doesn't feel good. I don't want to teach what they're telling me to teach. And ugh, that feels gross and weird. And yeah, I just felt like I didn't fit. And it broke me because I had always wanted to be a teacher. Always. And it freaked me out because I'm like, well, fuck, now what? Because I thought that was like the way of life, you know, like to go to school and then get a job Hmm. and then all of those other things. Well, and also there's that like loss of a dream piece, right? I thought this is what I wanted and I got here and now it isn't good for me. So now what? And Mm -hmm. what did you do then? And you mentioned clueless. I don't, did you ever have anyone talk to you about that? Like, did anyone make comments and like, you don't know what you want or did anything or was it more of an internal feeling? I was, I was such a rebellious teenager, Mm. a child in general. And so I was always getting lectured of like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? And again, like this is my 14th year sober. So. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm still in my thirties. And so, yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, what are you doing with your life? And that made me resentful a little bit, but that's fine. And so when I realized I didn't want to teach, I just went back to what I knew and what I was good at and thinking of what can I get paid to do, right? Yeah. So I think at that time I was working in like day camps and after school programs. And I was volunteering with kids and at the drop-in center. And so I knew that my passion was people. And as I was getting sober, I was obsessed with learning about personalities and why we do the things we do, why we choose certain habits over others. And So yeah, I started just thinking of what I loved the most and it was kids. It was teaching them in somehow some way and yeah, just still being around kids. And that sounds weird. You're doing great. You, you wanted to be around kids. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, And like my brain is foggy of that time in my life too, because Mm. drinking. Oh, really? Well, okay. yeah, a little bit. Do you want to, can we talk about that? Cause it, it totally. has come up a couple times already because yeah, yeah. Um, uh, also becoming sober has played a role in your career as well. I'm assuming, but how do you see it? Definitely. So I knew that I wasn't showing kindness to myself and it was because of my addictions for sure. And I was like, just at the beginning of my sobriety when all of this happened. So I was so confused and lost and I felt super alone. And so I started relying on mentors and outside sources because I knew that I couldn't keep going the way that I was by myself. And I knew that the people that were closest to me, yes, had my best interest at heart, but I needed more help in a way, you know, like it was than just love and affection and acceptance from my family. Like I needed more than that, you know? Mm. (laughs) And so I needed to talk to people that had careers that seemed interesting, even just interesting to me and started finding humans that I could talk to that have lived more life than me because I finally realized that I didn't know everything. And so that was like when I started showing more kindness to myself was just changing my mindset in that way that I don't have to do it alone and that's okay. And I can choose again. And that just felt so relieving. 
And so, yeah, I just started to find people. Mm-hmm. It was easier back then. Kind of. Because you could go well, to physical places. <laughs> yeah. But I lie because now we have Google and LinkedIn and things. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah. yeah. So you kind of, you kind of lost this dream of being a teacher in the traditional sense at the same time becoming sober. So there's like all of these things imploding in your life at the same time. Um, and then you realize you need more people. So in between then and now, you know, what are the roles that you've had? We can make this, I guess, as short or as long as you want. What did you do between um, then and now? Yeah. So again, it, all most of my roles have always been with children. And even like thinking back to when I was a teenager, <laughs> I worked in kids' clothing stores. <laughs> so even then, retail, but make it kid-friendly was my style. <laughs> Probably because I could shop there also. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I got a really good job um, in after-school programming and Because when I wanted to become a teacher, I knew that I needed to have lots of experience with different types of kids because I was finding practicum was not enough to get that type of experience because it's like a month, maybe. And like the relationships that we build, like I just wanted more of that. And so... I found this job and I was really excited. And so I just kept saying yes to any shifts, any things, any trainings, any get togethers. Usually I was the only one to show up, but I still went anyways. And I started finding again, more mentors and started realizing that a lot of them were either like in social work or working in, again, like with children. So I started finding more of my people that loved education, but were not educators in Mm. the common set. Oh, that's interesting. So you kind of leaned into, I know I like this thing and said yes to kind of whatever came in that direction. It sounds like. Yeah. A position opened up and they asked me to interview and I'm like, yes, of course, of course. I just want to be like immersed. I just want to live in this world of programming because I'm able to build relationships and like, I don't have to teach curriculum full on, which is funny now that I create curriculum (laughs) in your business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in my day job as well. And so it's, Yeah, it was fun because like I was able to build those relationships with the kids. And so they offered me um, another interview. And so I said, yes. And then I did that job for a few years. Again, like still working other side jobs as well. Um, I was still bartending, which was problematic when trying to become sober. But I had the morning shift. (laughs) Yeah, it was less bad. (laughs) I don't know. No, it's a different morning crowd, but it's okay. Um, Um, and yeah, again, I was just like immersed around all these people that had a passion for play and learning and teaching kids. And I was so jazzed and I'm like, okay, this is it. And so I was in that position and like, again, being around all these play people and then a supervisor position came up. And I was so excited and I met with my mentors. They helped prep me for interviews. They helped prep me with my resume and everything. And I interviewed and I felt so good. And then I didn't get it. And I was crushed. I was crushed. And then this woman comes in for the job and I'm like, now who's this bitch? And I say that. Now, only because her and I are lovely, lovely friends. She was one okay. of my bridesmaids. And I even like, <laughs> we talk about this all the time. Like, how did you guys meet? It's like, oh, she took my job. But at the no. same time, it was so lovely. And we had so much fun together. So we this is pretty do. recent then. Like this. This was like last couple years ago. Oh, okay. Not that recent. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, another position, same kind of one opened up. And then I got accepted for that. And so I was so excited and that's the same day job that I've had now for the past eight years. And 
it's a lot of fun because uh, now I'm creating curriculum all based on social emotional learning and for kids, for programs. And I would have these deep, deep discussions with kids that were so soul filling for me. And then they would go home, they come back, they call me Yoda. And so they're like, Yoda, I tried to talk to my mom about me feeling angry. And then she just got mad. And then I walked away. And I realized that it was the parents that needed, and even us as adults, we need social and emotional learning. And so that's when everything clicked for me. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is how I teach. Um, It's through this type of curriculum that I get to create and then I get to facilitate to kids and to adults. And so it's been a long time. (laughs) Again, like you said, a windy, windy road, but yeah, teaching, just not in the sense that I thought. That's really, it's really interesting how like you, it brought you back to the same thing, but just not in the way that you thought. So there was like, definitely there was a part of you that knew this is what I'm meant to do. This is the right thing for me. Um, but I guess like the traditional path of what the people around you told you, you know, didn't work out. So it's interesting that it didn't end up becoming something completely different. Um, so then tell me where, like, where did the business come in? Like you, you're a coach, um, and you also, you're a yoga teacher too. Like you have a couple of other things. I, I, did I, is that all of them? Like, I don't know if I'm keeping track of everything. (laughs) I think that's it. That's it. <laughs> no, that's all. That's all I can do right now. Right. Yeah. So, um, I started learning so much about again, even like mindfulness and like through my sobriety and everything, and so bringing so much of everything I've learned into this curriculum that I was building for kids and then adults, and I knew that coaching has helped me so much with mentorship, just again, helping people. And it was like a light bulb that, oh yeah, I I can still teach and connect with people and (laughs) do all of those things I wanted. It's just not going to be in a classroom fashion. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because even now when I talk to youth doing career talks, I'll tell them, you know what? School sets us up kind of for failure in a way, because we are meant to have more than one career. Like you will probably have like three to five and guaranteed at least one of those doesn't even exist yet. Mm. So I think little me in grade four, when our school first got computers (laughs) and if I could tell her, like to tell her, oh, don't worry, you are going to teach kids yoga through a computer. (laughs) I would have laughed at you. Her little mind would have been blown. Exactly. Right. And so there was a lot of forgiving myself for the dream that I thought I wanted because everything that I'm doing now is so beyond what I thought was possible. And so I really wanted to teach more mindfulness to kids and yoga for me has been such an amazing tool. And I saw one of the local children's yoga um, studios in our city offer a teaching program. And it was funny because it was very kismet. I went to meet the studio owner to ask her about like programming for them to come to us for programming. And we just hit it off so well. And she's like, you should come to teacher training. I'm like, totally. When is it? She's like this weekend. I'm like, hell yes, I'm in. And like, it was always like little breadcrumbs kind of like that, that I felt like the universe was leading me. And it's like, oop, over here, oop, over here. And so like yoga was one of those things. And so again, deep, deep end. (laughs) I'm all or nothing human Mm. again. Right. Yeah. Alcoholic or sober. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I just started like doing and learning and breathing all of that stuff. And like, how can I do more of this for children? And so I started putting it into curriculum and teaching breathing techniques to kids to help with self-regulation. And yeah, it's just, everything has like melted together into this 
mindfulness pot that I'm mm. just so excited to be the owner of, yeah. <laughs> the creator of. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out, like, there's so many things you said that I like, comment on, but maybe I don't need to comment on them. It's totally fine. Um, I'm curious if you ever had a moment in your career, maybe we've already passed it, where you were like, you kind of looked around and you're like, okay, this has got to change. Like, do you have a moment or experience like that where you're like, this isn't work. I got to get out of here. I'm thinking about, again, when I wanted to get sober, all of my jobs were in the industry. So I was bartending, I was serving, I was, and I'm like, well, if I want to be sober, it doesn't make sense for me to be in an environment that kind of makes it impossible. So I had to step away from a lot of money and Mm -hmm. a lot of humans and a lot of jobs. And it, again, was really hard and part of what broke me because it, it was so much a part of my life that I didn't know how to operate in the daytime, (laughs) you know, and just like how to operate in the world. Were you teaching at that point or was it? No, this is way before that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like my teens. Okay. I don't want to say I had a fake ID, but I totally did. Everybody had a fake ID. Well, except me, because I was like, I don't know, way too good at two shoes, I think. (laughs) Yes. I'm just curious about how it all fits in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting because I think, like, some people. It's weird that I went, like, super alcoholic, and I'm like, no, I actually love children. (laughs) Yeah. And you were young, right? At that point, like, when you got sober, you were how old? 20 something but no yeah okay I think it makes more sense if I tell more of my story in a different way but I was saying before like I knew that I wasn't showing kindness to myself and so I that's where I needed to start Mm. and that started with saying no to that career and that life in general because it's not where I needed to be and I also knew that I wasn't showing kindness to those around me. And that was a big signal that shit had to change because I was making, yeah, situations, life just unfun and unsafe for myself and others. And I wasn't, I I feel like I was just so hard on myself because I didn't understand what was going on inside me. I still had a lot of shame and healing to do that I wasn't ready to do. And that's why I stayed drunk for so long was to numb it all. But it was showing kindness to myself, showing up for myself, doing the shit I did not want to do so that I could... (laughs) find the courage to do the hard stuff that I want to do. Mm. It was like, so there's all these little steps before you could get to the courage part almost. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And so um, you mentioned mentors, but like what other, maybe what other advice or wisdom or resources or people helped you in creating your intentional career? I love, even now, I love doing, providing informational interviews. It's one of my most favorite things to do. Honestly, just to like, you're nodding. (laughs) I love that you bring this up because like I tell my clients about this and people don't know what it is or I have to like sell it to them. So yeah, tell us what's an informational interview and why is it so important? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So Again, I thought I had to do things alone for so long, but then I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. Again, look at all these people that have lived lives longer than me and have so much advice. I wanted to reach out to those people specifically that had careers that I was interested in, even just like peaked. And I would send them an email letting them know like, 
where I saw you, how I want to connect with you. Like you have a career that I am interested in. Can I buy you a cup of coffee or just meet? Now it's online, right? All the time. Yeah. But just to sit down with that human and then to ask them questions. How did you get to this career? What education did you take? What kind of volunteering would be really an asset if you were looking to hire somebody, right? And just getting like the insider knowledge, I was going to say, yeah. scoop. I was thinking ice cream. Yeah, just getting like the insider information of how they got there. And, you know, again, like you were saying, so many of us take like windy roads to get to our careers. It's not just like a straight one and done kind of thing, most of the time, at least. Yeah. Um, and if it is, like, shit, let's learn from those humans. And yeah. there's just so much valuable information in the people that are sitting in the chair that you want. So, right. And then, like, imagine their networks. It's like, okay, maybe this isn't what I want to do, but this is what maybe like some of my interests and that pings off for them. They're like, well, I know someone because I worked with them two years ago. Let me send you that way. Yep. And I think the amazing thing with those is that um, you don't realize that strangers are willing to help you. Um, And this was something I learned, you know, that I learned in executive recruitment where I had to reach out to people like, this was like passive candidate generation, cold call stuff. But because I had to do that all the time, I'm now just not afraid of reaching out to anyone. Cause I know that like random people will talk to you. And, um, and I think if you're genuine and have a good question and good reason for it, like, um, and I think, I think informational interview is better than feeling like you have to like impress a stranger or you don't have to sell yourself to that person. You can just go and be curious about them. Um, yeah, you kind of have to be a little bit ready to talk about yourself because they're probably going to ask you, well, what about you? And uh, all of that stuff. So it's, I'm so glad you brought that up because I couldn't have planted that more perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's like, your curiosity can take you so far. And I think, again, like that's like you leaning into these things you liked. You liked teaching, you liked kids, and then kind of look at other people who kind of seem to be doing something that seems interesting and ask them how they did it. So did you prepare for those, like for those meetings, would you kind of prepare a few questions? What, what would you do? I prepare for everything. (laughs) You're a planner. Yes. Yes. I am a planner. Even as we sit here, I have post-it notes and my pen with me. Um, and so, yeah, again, like I was started with those three questions that I said, like, what was your education? What type of volunteer experience did you do? And was the other one? (laughs) How did you get there? Essentially, like what was your path to get to this position? And usually like just from those three questions, like that's such a good conversation. And just even like maybe asking like what type of committee work or what's something you're excited about in the work that you're doing, or what do you wish you could do in the work that you're not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those were usually the ones that I would go for. Yeah, because once they start talking, you're gonna you're gonna have more questions to ask, and like that's the beauty exactly. of it. Um, did you sometimes people advise when you talk to someone, make sure you ask for at least one other name? Did you ask, or did you find people just usually offered that to you? I never heard that, mm. <laughs> but I guess that makes sense because even I just said that. Right. Well, or it's more, is there anyone that you can think of that I should talk to, you know? And it's just like when you can make those introductions, um, then you start to meet these interesting people that are doing interesting things. Like for me, that's what networking is talking to interesting Mm -hmm. people who are doing interesting things. Um, Yeah. And I feel like right now, because of the lives that we're living in 2021, Mm -hmm. people want to have genuine connections and conversations. And so to be able to do that and know that even I am helping someone if I am the one being interviewed, like, hell yeah. Like I'm going to make time calendar for that. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a few people ask you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, it was interesting. I had a client who like was applying for a job with the city and we went on LinkedIn and looked for who we thought the hiring manager for that position was. And Mm -hmm. he reached out to that person to ask them, some questions and ask if they could talk. 
And then that person said, um, you know, sorry, I can't, I can't speak to you on this. It wouldn't be ethical. Like I'm the manager, so I can't give you advice. And, and then they went on to give like a whole bunch of information. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. they just like talked about the process. And I was like, this person spent all this time writing like three giant paragraphs. Like this is super generous. Like I was so impressed. First of all, that he went out and did it. Cause for some reason, like contacting a stranger is really hard for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. then to go look at this, like this person didn't, they didn't even have to acknowledge you at all, at all. Or they could have said like, sorry, can't help, you know, mm-hmm. but people can be really generous. So that's kind of the beauty of, I think you kind of discover that maybe the world is kinder than you think when you take a chance on it. So definitely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then realizing that I need to be on LinkedIn more. <laughs> well, do you, I don't know. I'm on there all the time, but that's me. So I like, haven't, I added a picture and that's it. Like I haven't done anything to my LinkedIn. Mm, it It is great for professional stuff and it's becoming a salesy place though. Oh, here's the caveat Mm. on LinkedIn. Tell me please. I think especially people have discovered that it's a great place to get leads. And so Mm -hmm. because I'm a coach, I get people in my inbox all the time trying to tell me, Hey, do you want to get 50 qualified leads a week and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no. And I used to almost like accept anybody, but I'm, Mm -hmm. there's a lot I say no to now. Anyway, that's an aside. Uh, Okay. So you talked about like resources that, so information interviews helped you. Was there any advice, like career advice that you ignored? Like, and maybe to your benefit, because I, I know that there are some like, I don't know, isms out there that just don't work for everybody. So did you have anything that you were like, nope, not going to do that? Yes, for sure. <laughs> Again, thinking of my rebel tendency, I think this isn't to say anything bad at all, but again, because I'm firstborn generation Canadian, to talk to my mom about different jobs that she didn't understand was really hard. Mm -hmm. And so I would tell her, well, like, no, this is what I want to do. And because it wasn't teacher or doctor or lawyer, it wasn't one of those flashy titles it was always like, well, you should go back to school. I'm like, well, no, I also know that I'm not a good student and <laughs> like the classroom setup is not my style. And I feel like even if I would go back to school and get more education, like I see so many people doing that and they're having harder times finding jobs than I am. And like, I just would rather go get experience than go get more education because I found more value in that. I find that's a, it's a big thing, um, for newcomers. Um, and, and there's this idea, oh, I can't get the job I want. I'm going to go I'll go get a master's, I'll go get this, or I'll go with that. Thinking that that qualification is going to help you get the job you want. But in Canada, it doesn't really work that way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the U.S. so much either. We're a bit more subjective. You know, like two people with someone with a master's degree isn't necessarily going to beat me in an interview if it seems like I'm going to work well with the team. And I think exactly. most of the rest of the world doesn't work that way. Um, mm-hmm. I spent a few years in a Francophone career center. I was like the English teacher slash career coach. And that is the mentality of people who are coming from all over the world, right? And um, to kind of have to explain like this subjective, like fit piece is really, really important. And it's not about the qualifications on paper. Mm-hmm. Um and that kind of worked to your benefit. Was it, was that an ongoing conversation with your mom that like was a difficult one or did she get it after a while? She, yeah, we have an understanding now because she also sees how happy I am. And I remember telling her one day, like years ago, I'm like, mom, don't worry. One day I'll be Oprah because I love speaking and I could talk all day, but probably why I have a podcast too. And she just looked at me and she's like, yep, I see that. I get it. 
And I think it was also because she saw, she started to see the work I was doing and yeah, how it lit me up. Um, She has seen every single version of me, like, and sometimes more truer than I have seen me. And so when she agreed, I started believing in myself a little bit more too. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can do this. Mom says I can. All right, let's go. No more excuses. That's really beautiful. Like, Mm. hmm, so good. Changing course a little bit here, but um, who's your career crush? Who are the people that inspire you? Um, Sometimes I call it a crush because I think there's a different energy. And I know I get those entrepreneur crushes where I look at someone and go, oh my gosh, look at her business. It's so cool. Like, and it's, it's it, has that, I wanted more. it has that energy of a crush, right. Of like drawing hearts on a paper and, and that kind of thing. So who is that for you? Ooh. Okay. I love, love this question. And again, I sat on it for a while thinking mm-hmm. and the person that I have a crush, I feel like I should whisper as I say this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a secret. It is a secret, but it's not at the same time. I feel like she knows. Um, but my career crush would be Melanie Levenberg, and she is the creator of Play, Play spelt with a three. And she was an educator that didn't like the box and flipped it and changed it and now provides dance play and yoga play programs. And it's offered all over the world. There's so many different people that teach it, teach these classes in in schools and communities all over the world. And then I see that she starts coaching and then doing things with human design and has like coaching programs. I'm like, wait, 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 we can do we can do it all. I'm like, oh yeah. my God. And so um, like informational interview types and even just like through Facebook and just being like, well, I have a question. How do I do this? And she would help me. She just is always so willing and there's just always so much happening and just her energy also I'm so drawn to. And so I say her. She also lives in a beautiful home in Whistler. So oh, Holla. that's aspirational. Yeah. Anybody who's on, for me, it's anybody who's on Vancouver Island. I'm just like, oh, mm. I want to be there. Yes. But, exactly. Yeah. Right. I just want to, I just want to go further into the mountains. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Past further. them and get to more. <laughs> as long as there's water that my husband can fish. Yeah. Right. Take me there. <laughs> Take me there. It's <laughs> good for everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. Can I add to that real yes, quick? Yes, please do. Okay. So, um, Melanie also recognized, well, like she teaches, uh, physical literacy through movement and she, wait, what's physical literacy? Ooh. All right, girl, let's talk about it. (laughs) So thinking of literacy, right. It's the confidence and competence in your body to do something, right. To move, to skip, to play. Okay. I don't know how old uh, listeners are, but remember Phoebe from Friends Mm -hmm. and how she would run and she like kind of ran all crazy. (laughs) Yeah. She was not physically accurate because of that. So it's the physical competence with the confidence and then the motivation. And when all of those three things are combined, that is what creates physical literacy. So like before you can play any sport, let's say soccer, yeah, right? You're going to have to learn how to run. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to learn how to kick and shuffle and juggle a ball, right? Yeah. And so physical liter- literacy skills are life skills. And so, yeah, it's like teaching through yoga and dance, how to do those things and for kids to feel more confident in their bodies. And so, um, Melanie also saw the link that I did with mindfulness and yoga. And so she teamed up with Christina Aaron and created a yoga play portion and okay, TBH I've done dance play and it's so much fun. And I tried to take the certification and I'm like, I can't, which is not one of the rules of play is to 
try mm-hmm. <laughs> is to be yourself. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, my body, I don't know. I just couldn't, it's not my jam. But then with the <laughs> yoga play, I'm like, ooh, yes, mindfulness through yoga. Like, this is what I've been telling people <laughs> for so long. And so to know that they now had a yoga play portion, I was so excited. And so I got certified. They are in BC. And so they came to Calgary to offer like a training session. And like, as soon as I saw that it was offered, I'm like, hell yes. Hell yes. And again, because um, I am so in love with her career, <laughs> I knew that it was coming. And so I just always would like listen and keep my eyes out. And so even on social media, like thinking of who I followed, like I would unfollow people so that I could see what I wanted. And even like as now, as she creates like new courses, there's always like a starting, like a secret price or like get on get in the inside, like first draft kind of courses and all of these things. And so that has been so much fun just to like be in this world of play and teaching again, not in a way that I thought I would, Mm. but here we go. Yeah. That's so good. Really interesting about, um, physical literacy. Is that what you called it? I was going to say yeah. body literacy. I forgot the word. <laughs> but I think, I feel like in our culture, we're so much, we don't listen to our bodies at all, right? It's very much like ignore, no pain, no gain. You push through and and then numbing, you know, all different kinds of ways. So like I could, and mindfulness is hugely about the body too. So I can see how that physical literacy um plays into it but that was really that's really cool thank you for telling me it's funny because I remember like when me and my uh husband first started dating he's like yeah let's play dodgeball like hell yeah I'm like I love dodgeball and then I get to my first game I'm sitting on the bench and the people are like welcome how are you when was the last time you played dodgeball I'm like oh I played dodgeball today (laughs) it was with grade fours and they were adults and I'm like no I can't I can't this is a different kind of game. I did not feel physically literate enough to say. <laughs> so you didn't join like the team or the. No, I did. I did oh. because I you have to practice, right? right? Part of the motivation and like is to build the confidence. So yeah, I, I kept going. I kept going. Um, still not great, but I'm going to try. Yeah. So um, tell us more about the work you do now in in your business, which is at kdccoaching.com. Yes? Yes, ma'am. Okay. What is your the focus of your work? What are the people that work with you? What do they, what are they coming to you for? With everything that I was offering, I knew that my whole messaging and everything I wanted to teach was around kindness driving change. Those are my initials, KDC and Again, universe breadcrumb, there you go. Let's put it in your name. See if you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Took me took me years, a couple decades, but it's fine. I was so excited about how much change I was bringing into my life. And I knew that I could do the same for other people. And working in these programs and seeing the kids and talking to them and just listening to their thoughts and ideas and how in touch they were getting with their feelings, I wanted to bring that same thing to adults. And so I knew again that I wanted to teach. And so I did all the hard work of figuring out how to do it. And I created an online learning platform and I call it the KDC Classroom. Mm. And I offered different courses in it. And so the big one in it right now is my Kind Feelings Foundation because self-awareness is the very first step for social and emotional learning. So it's learning more about our feelings. What clues are they telling us that we need to start listening to? Because when we can start to hear that, so much of our life can change. And when you start co-creating your feelings with your future self, oh, friends, magic lives there. And so there's different challenges within that course alone. And I'm working on, I'm so excited for this one. I'm um, 
working on a course right now called Mindful Time and talking about time thieves like procrastination, perfectionism, people pleasing, overthinking. There's eight altogether. Heard of them? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Lived them? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Best friends live on your shoulder right now? Mm-hmm. Been there. And so again, when I was becoming more mindful with my life, everything followed through, including mindful time. And so I knew that when I plan on purpose, again, so much magic. And so that course is coming soon. I also have a mindful me bundle where it's a 30 day journaling challenge and a seven day meditation challenge, because those tools I use in my classroom all of the time, there's always going to be some meditation. There's always going to be some journaling. If you're a little bit woo, there might be some card pulls as well, just to set intentions and get real clear because again, the universe is leaving breadcrumbs. So we got to make some space to hear what, hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's the classroom. And then, cause I'm always going to be teaching children. I want to offer in-person yoga <laughs> when it can happen soon, summer, summer. Yeah, we almost uh, thought it was going to happen, right? It was going to happen. Then it's like, Oh, every time I announce that it's happening, restrictions come out the same day. <laughs> So yes, but it's all good because right now in Alberta, at least all the kids are back at home K through 12. And so I wanted to create an evening routine to help parents either they can, the kids can come sit with me or I'm calling it a mindfulness evening routine for the fam. So anyone can come. I'm going to read a story. I'm going to lead us through some movement do a bit of like a 30 second meditation. Don't worry. And then leave you with some questions that you guys can journal about or take into conversations into your home. And so that is, yeah, I just want to bring more mindfulness to humans in those types of avenues. So I'm sure there's so many families that need that right now. That is like such a beautiful offering. Yeah. Again, it's funny listening or thinking about all of the things I've said tonight that I didn't think I would be teaching in a classroom, but then I make my own damn classroom. (laughs) It's interesting that it all came around, right? Because there was a point where you're like, oh, now I can't teach in a classroom anymore and I have to give it up. And like, now you're back creating your own classroom and curriculum and all that stuff. And And I I love the classroom. (laughs) Yeah. And I love the message of following the breadcrumbs because, you know, I'm convinced that maybe some people make giant leaps to make change in their career, but I think most of us follow little hints, right? Or, mm-hmm. or like we scooch a little bit closer, you know, and sometimes it's like, yeah, I like this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to look at it more. I'm going to ask someone about it. I'm going to do these little things and it brings you to a better place. And, you know, also knowing that, um, like I like to ask people about their career paths and also knowing you're still on it, right? We're not assuming that you're like at the pinnacle or the end of your career right now. There's still more to experience, but like, this is how you've got to a place where, you know, you have a few hats and all of these things that seem to really sustain and support you in various ways. Mm-hmm. And I think even just with my day job, like knowing that I have a nine to five, like I have a full-time job. I was really looking at what parts of that lit me up. And that's where I put all of my energy. So I write training. (laughs) I create training for onboarding. I create curriculum for program, you know, like finding the parts that I love. And like you say, leaning into those, knowing that no matter what job we have, even (laughs) being self-employed, there's shit that we don't like, you know? And so what do we like? And yeah, focusing and asking questions, asking for opportunities in that field or like just even in that direction. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm curious about this. Is there any opportunity of that sort in this, if there's not, make it, make it happen, come up with a brilliant idea, present it so they can't say no. Right. 
Yeah. And like, you still have choices. And I'm like, I'm really glad you said that too. So it's, we're not talking about like, have a day job that you hate and figure out how to do your (laughs) good stuff on the side. I think maybe you have to do that for a little bit. Right. But, um, it sounds like you have pieces in all of those that are really important to you. And I think that is what makes an intentional career to say, I I choose this, I choose this. Mm -hmm. And that's really powerful. So Mm. I love that. Yeah. I just love that you call it intentional career. (laughs) And I can start anytime you want, right? Like most of us don't start out with intentional career, you know? Oh, hell no. Yeah. Yeah. But we can get there. We can get there by following the breadcrumbs. So, Mm -hmm. well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to have you here on the podcast. And where can people find you? KDCcoaching.com. And on Instagram, you are KDC Coaching. KDC Coaching. Yep. Clubhouse. KDC Coaching. Yeah, you're on Clubhouse too. Because I love to talk. That's so big right now. Probably so many people are going to find you there. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's been so much fun. And know that, yeah, the website and even on Instagram, there's links to the classroom and to sign up for the family evening routine and all of the things. Oh, also in the classroom, I have a mastermind and the mastermind gives you access to every single course that is offered. And there's some secret ones that are not offered to the public and are only on the inside. And so with that mastermind, it also includes one-on-one coaching with me and group coaching with lovely humans. And so we're going to do an opening new moon ceremony because again, I am woo. And that's going to be happening on June 10th. Right. So very soon after um, this episode drops, people can come find you and check that out and get in on the Mm -hmm. emotional education and the learning and the mindfulness and and all the things. Exactly. Kindness drives change, y'all. Kindness drives change. (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much. It was great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much that you chose to spend part of your day with me. If you enjoyed this episode, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. It helps other people find the podcast. And my hope is that if more people find the Intentional Career Podcast, then more people can create their own intentional careers. If you're ready to create your intentional career with the support of a coach, schedule a call with me. There's a link in the show notes, or you can go to intentionalcareer.co and click the blue schedule a call button in the top right corner. Episodes of the podcast are released every second Wednesday. So I'll see you in two weeks for more of the Intentional Career Podcast.